Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. I am super excited today because I've got a great friend of mine called Andy Bruff, who uh, runs Andy Bruff Leadership and amongst a number of other things that he does. And the reason I'm excited, not only because he's a great guy, and it's definitely not because he's a Chelsea fan. The reason I'm excited is because Andy is one of the few people that I know that absolutely understands biblical leadership and Christian leadership, but has managed to translate it into so many different environments, not least into a corporate environment and on a global scale. And I think for me, that's, he's been a real sort of inspiration and real encouragement over the years as someone that's kind of taken that leadership journey, you know, not only to apply it to himself, as I said, but actually apply it in his career, apply it across so many different sectors of leadership, but also on a global level. And I think that, you know, Andy and I were talking just before we started the recording, we could talk for hours about loads of different topics. So we're going to drill it down today into a, into, into a couple of specific things. And for those listening to this podcast, you know, we're all on a leadership journey. We're all looking at growing in our personal leadership, as well as our organizational leadership, whether you're in business or politics or education, whatever sector and sphere you find yourself in, you know, leading yourself is the number one priority within that. So I'm going to hand over to Andy. We're just going to chat for sort of a few minutes. And and yeah, hopefully you guys are really going to get some good insight and some good encouragement out of it. So welcome, Andy. Thanks so much, Dan. Real privilege to be with you on this wonderful Leaders podcast. Brilliant, brilliant. So first off, just tell tell us all a little bit about yourself and what your sort of leadership life looks like. So most importantly, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a husband to Corrine. We're into our 28th year of marriage. And I'm a dad to Kirsty and Matt. Those are really important uh, things. In terms of what I've done, I did co-lead a, a church, part of the Church of the Nations family for more than 20 years. About 25 years ago, I also started a communications and training media broadcast company and then rolled that into a, a leadership institute and now we work with uh, leaders and developing leaders in more than 80 countries. Wow, so not much then. <laughs> You're not busy, that's fine. That's fine. Now, now, as I said, Andy, you know, we, we, you know, as I said a minute ago, we could talk for hours about a variety of things. But you know what I wanted to focus on today was, you know, I suppose where leadership starts, and that's in self-leadership, right? You know, that's, you know, over the years, you and I have discussed this in so many different environments, and we've seen leaders you know, who haven't managed themselves and leaders who have managed themselves well. And yeah, I think it'd be great today in this podcast, in this episode, just to discuss the whole area about self-leadership. And, and yeah, so just, I'm going to throw it open to you. You know, where, where do we start? Give us, give us some of those keys, maybe, or some of those key principles that God has given you in your life in this area. So Dan, let me start with Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. I yep. really think that if we're going to talk about leadership, you can't lead others unless you can lead yourself. And if we're going to talk about self-leadership, you've got to talk about issues of the heart, which are really issues of, of character. Here in South Africa, we have a, a diamond company. You've probably heard of them called De Beers. Um, they produce about 140 million carats of diamonds annually, but less than 1% of those achieve 
their highly coveted forever marked status. So what they do is they hand select these gemstones, they're inscribed with an icon, they get a unique pin number down. It's, it's very, very tiny. It's about 1 20th of a micron deep. Uh, so about 1 5,000th of the depth of a human hair. This goes into the gemstone. And these are exceptional, they're unparalleled. In fact, they are recognized for their character. And when you talk to a diamond expert, he'll tell you that a diamond has what they call four Cs. They look at the cut, um, which is, is the polish. They look at the color, so the more transparent it is, the more uh, valuable it is. They look at the clarity, so making sure there are no blemishes. And then they look at the weight, which they refer to as the carat. And obviously the bigger the diamond, the more valuable it is. And those four Cs then, uh, if you were a diamond trader, would give you the fifth C, which is, is confidence. Now, why do I tell you that? Because I think that there are some lessons there that we can learn about our character. Because a diamond has facets that if we're talking about leadership character, there would be facets. And you know, what's really interesting, Dan, is when you think about leaders, the traditional image of a leader is somebody who is a real visionary. You even see the image of the, you know, the guy standing on the, the bow of the ship with the telescope looking out. Yeah, right. But What's, what's quite challenging is that if you could take a telescope and bend that back upon yourself, you know, so if you could turn it into looking inside. But what's, what's quite challenging is that if you could take a telescope and bend that back upon yourself, you know, so if you could turn it into looking inside as from a self-leadership point of view, just as we have these diamonds, um, maybe four or five elements of character that would make up self-leadership. Please do. It's get, it's, I'm getting a bit hot under the collar already here. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, this is a podcast that's meant to encourage and inspire others, and I'm feeling challenged already. But that's good stuff, so keep on going. Yeah. So I, I think the first facet, if we're using this metaphor of the diamond, would be character as identity. These are really important kingdom questions. You know, who am I? Uh, who do I fear I am? Who do I fear I'm not? Who do I feel tempted to pretend to be? Where am I leading from? I think if you haven't answered the identity question as a child of God, you're really not going to get very far in terms of your leadership. So character right. as identity would be the first one. The next facet is character as integrity. So here we're thinking about not just the fact that you know, you are somebody who has some consistency because you can be consistently bad, but that you have a moral consistency that is in line with God's word. You know, that you stand up for what is right, that you walk the talk, and that what you do is in private is, you know, as, as godly as what you do in terms of your public platform. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we've seen just even in terms of this whole period of time is how people are, you know, really turning towards pornography, turning towards a lot of things that they can do in private, um, which don't seem to harm anybody else. But I think often say a lot about our own integrity and character, um, because we're looking for things where we feel often unfulfilled. Yeah, I think the next facet is the, the whole thing of character as intent. Um, so here I would always say that you want to assume as a leader, you want to assume positive intent. Uh, but, you know, why are you leading? Um, I think it was, it was Jim Collins uh, who said, you know, you either lead for responsibility or you lead for reward. 
And if you're leading for reward, then I think the intent can often be an alternative agenda. Um, then you start to feel tempted to try and manipulate others. Um, you try and interact with people for what you can get out of them. If your intent is responsibility and really to bring a kingdom perspective and to bring guidance and to bring direction and to work from a kingdom mandate, I think that's a very different agenda, Dan. So yeah, those first three, identity, integrity, intent, those would be the first three facets um, that I think are, are really important. And then I have you know, two others, which again, this is not, you know, take these five and all your problems go away. But I think if we're talking about self-leadership, I would want to start there. Wow, wow. Well, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole um, conversation around each of those points, which, you know, we, we could talk a long time around. I think one of the, just one of my thoughts as you're speaking there, Andy, is that it's very, very easy, you know, for, as a Christian in leadership, to look at the way the world does things and think, I want a piece of that. So let me give you an example. You know, if you look at the social media world that we live in now and everything's around social proof and you kind of think, I'm not like so-and-so or I wish I was like mm -hmm. so-and-so. And actually you can begin to form your identity or the way that you lead based on what you see on other people's social channels or based on what you hear the, the, the pastor say on, on a YouTube video or based on what you hear someone's great, you know, NLP leadership, you know, um, 101 talk say. And, and I think that, I think that being able to get back to the core of your identity in Christ, you're absolutely right, is, is, is hugely vital. And the integrity thing, you know, one of the things I've noticed in, in, in this season is, is actually those, those leaders that stand up uh, not only in word, but in action for what they believe. And obviously we find ourselves in, in a really particular period of time with COVID-19 and the things that have happened with George Floyd and the knock-on effect of that. You know, those leaders of integrity and those leaders of intent are the ones that you're listening to right now, the ones that you're noticing right now. So I think everything you're saying is uh, hopefully a real encouragement to those listening, listening today. I mean, picking that up, you know, and, and, and sort of like you said, this is not the answer to leadership. These are some principles to self-leadership. What are some of those sort of lessons that you've learned along the way? You know, you know, what some, you know you've, seen, you've seen leaders in so many different environments, yep. from, from global corporates through to sort of, you know, a, small, a home group or a small group. What are some of those lessons that you've learned along the way, Andy? So what's really interesting is you've actually referenced the first one, and that is the absolute pain that comes with the temptation to compare. So comparison right. is a real, real counter to, to solid character. You know, the moment I look at what I have in terms of gifting, talent, experience, success, failure, there's always that temptation to compare to somebody else. Right. You know, so, I mean, even, even when you asked me, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, it, isn't it interesting that the first thing we do is we say, well, this is what I've done. You know, so we try, and, we try and merge identity with activity. And if my activity sounds more impressive than yours, then the temptation is that you might come away going, well, I'm not like Andy. And because I'm not like Andy, by definition, I'm not a success. And that's a huge lie. So I think the first lesson for me in leadership, Dan, is if I'm secure in my identity and if I'm secure in my integrity and if I'm secure in my intent, then the next C is insight. So insight is about being self-aware. It's about being socially aware. It's about being situationally aware. And it's about being comfortable that 
I am unique in God's eyes so that I don't have to fall into that trap of comparison. And I think it's a lesson that I wish I had learned earlier. And I have to say, Dan, even at the age of 50 now, I, I can see that you know, probably now I care less about what other people might think. I think it's something that happens as you, as you get a little bit more mature. But I wish right. younger leaders could learn that earlier because otherwise what happens is you fall into the second trap, which is obligation. You know, so I agree to things. I agree to take on responsibility. I agree to involved in things because I feel obliged, because I feel, well, if I don't, how will I be perceived? And so we take on, um, we take on other people's design for our lives and for our leadership, not necessarily out of a sense of calling, but out of a sense of obligation. And so I think that there are many leaders, Christian leaders, I would even say church leaders and pastors, who, if they're really honest, would struggle with the comparison question and would struggle with the obligation question. And if you're trying to lead from those two things, the third thing that happens is you get into over-analysis as to why things aren't working or why they are working. And so for me, to come back to your question, Dan, on the biggest lessons, I would say if there was any way that we could help younger leaders to deal with those big three and help them to develop the maturity and the countermeasures and the Christ-like understanding uh, of how to overcome those, I think would be well on our way to helping those leaders develop self-leadership. No, that's fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. And I think, you know, uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the purposes and, and a sort of missions we have behind this podcast is to encourage those younger leaders, you know, as we're growing up, you know, like you said, I wish I had some people that would teach me some of these character lessons earlier on, you know, it's so, you know, and for younger leaders to have people that they can look up to and journey with and, and, and be discipled by is absolutely key. And I think, you know, there's... There's always two sides to leadership. You, you, you learn by others and you learn by your own mistakes, right? And I think that it's, it's brilliant to better talk to people like yourself and, yeah, to discuss the mistakes that we've made and the journeys and the lessons that we've learned along the journey. So that's absolutely brilliant. So I think, you know, to segue that into the next question then, what, what kind of leaders or do you look up to or who have you learned from? You know, we, like you said, you know, you, you kind of, you've journeyed this, you get to 50 years old, you, you realize a few things about, you know, what you do care about and don't care about. And yet, you know, I know that you've had some great leaders around you and leaders you've looked up to, you know, both, you know, personally and, and professionally. So yeah, what kind of, who have you looked up to and who have you learned from? So I think because I've straddled the world of, you know, church leadership and media and education, and business, I've been so privileged, uh, Dan, as a student of leadership, to sit at the feet of some very, very powerful, influential men and women. Um, and you want me to mention names? If you'd like to, yeah, I'd love to, love to hear your story. Great, great. So um, the first person that comes to mind, this is in no particular order, would be some time that I've spent with a South African leader, a man who's retired now, but he was the head of Toyota South Africa and also um, the head of McCarthy. That was one of the, the big uh, motor uh, dealers here in South Africa, a guy called Brunt Pretorius. Uh, Brunt was uh, a man, I think, who probably for me represented authentic leadership and, um, and character like nobody else. 
Wow. In fact, I remember sitting with him about five years ago and we were talking about leadership and he said to me, Andy, if you want to build your character as a leader, you have to disintegrate your ego. <laughs> wow, there he we said, go. Don't be don't be so obsessed with me, Inc. And you know, learn to be a little less arrogant and a little less sensitive and start becoming a devoted servant leader. And if you can do that and you can start to be authentic. Um, people will follow you. Wow! Now, when you when you know something of Brunt's story, you know he had he had some challenges from a leadership perspective. Um, you know he was working in a in a motor industry that was very cutthroat. Um, he was in a situation where he was parachuted in to lead the organization at the time when they didn't really you know know who he was, and he had to make some tough calls. You know, so he 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 really found it difficult to instill the kind of values and the culture that he wanted. But he made the point very early on in his leadership to say, you know, I've got to be continually assessing myself. And I remember him saying to me, Andy, you've got to ask yourself regularly, am I behaving in a consistent way? Am I behaving with integrity? Am I honoring the principle of fairness? Am I demonstrating compassion? And he would say to me, you know, I don't sleep very often because I, I talk about transparency and openness and I use the power of reflection, you know, every evening to check how I'm doing. I'm a very tough taskmaster on myself. Wow. And then he'd say, he'd say, I've got a wife who's the most principled person I know. And I allow her to speak into all those areas where there are inconsistencies. Here's a guy who's a CEO of one of the biggest multinationals in our country. He just oozes this understanding of authentic leadership um, in a way that, you know, I found really profound. Wow. So wow, that's brunt. That um, yeah. In terms of church leadership, you know, people that you and I know well, um, uh, Tony Fitzgerald is a man I've worked with for many years. And I think with Tony, the, the consistency that he brings, uh, it doesn't matter where you are with Tony, um, wherever you see him, whether he's on a pub in front of a thousand people or you're sitting with him one-on-one -on -one drinking coffee, uh, he, you know he will be consistent, you know he will be grounded, you know he will bring an incredible insight from a godly perspective. And um, the truth is, I think his life and his life's message is actually wrapped up in probably three or four key ideas. So he's much more than that, but he's just held on to three or four key principles for life and he lives those consistently wherever he's gone. And I think, you know, for me, um, that's been a huge, a huge uh, um, testimony. Brilliant, amazing, and both of those examples there you gave Andy. What I loved about that, aside from the the absolute authenticity and, and, and transparency that you mentioned, is that word consistency. Yeah. Again, for those listening to to this podcast, you know, it's easy that you you open up with. It's easy to have the big vision and the big ideas, and we're going to change the world. But actually, those examples of learned and aged men that have walked that journey consistently over decades, not just years, but decades. And then they're the people that you look up to, you know, that to me speaks volumes, right? And you know, when I, when I thought that you might ask this question, um, I know in my life, Dan, that if there were problems in my marriage or with my kids, Corinne knows that there are people that she can phone, um, you know, Keith Duplessis, Craig Rowe, who I co-led the church with for, uh, for 20 plus years, Mark Manley, who's been a, a leadership mentor and, and colleague. The, these are men that would be on speed dial. You know, you wouldn't even think about, okay, who do we now call? 
um, because not only do you look up to them, but they've they've been accessible, they've been interested, they take the time to be fully present, they care. Um, so these are leaders that have had global influence, but when you sit with them, you feel as if you are the only person in their orbit at that moment. And to me, that's an incredible gift to be able to carry that scope of influence and yet be completely fully present one-on-one. -on -one. And I think there are very few people that are able to do that, Dan. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. And again, I, I, you know, that, that, that's such a huge encouragement. But also, I think, you know, some of these discussions are really framing, I really believe, the way that Christian leadership should look. You know, you, you can get given all the latest ideas and all the latest message and hear the word on the Sunday. And it's so important to get the word of God into your life and to be able to apply it. But to build your leadership around the principles that we're discussing is absolutely vital. So, no, thanks for those examples. I love it. I love it. So I suppose kind of coming into land now, uh, as much as I don't want to come into land, we said we keep these podcasts fairly short, keep the episodes fairly short so you can do, you should better do a 5K or, uh, <laughs> or you know, within, within the length of one of these podcasts. That's kind of the yeah. way that I'm framing it in my head. Although my 5K time is atrocious right now. But anyway, let's move on. Having said everything we've said, Andy, if, if, I, if I was to say, to you, I'm going to put you on the spot now. If I was going to say, okay, looking back at your life, and your leadership journey, what's one piece of leadership advice you would give your younger self? Very simple. You can't please all of the people all of the time. Right. And that goes back to obligation. You know, if you're going to try and be a leader that wants to be liked and well uh, represented in every community group that you work with, sometimes leaders have to make tough, tough decisions. And I think if I look back at my work, you know, in my consultancy, in my family, in my church leadership, there were times when I held back on making tough decisions because I was worried about how people would perceive me or what the potential fallout would be of making those tough decisions. And I think if we're really going to see leaders stand up in this next generation and take accountability, then recognizing that you can't please all of the people all of the time is really important and that ultimately the person we need to be pleasing and honoring is the Lord. And that if we really are keeping our heart with diligence for out of it springs the issues of life, we should be able to make those principled decisions, even if they're unpopular. Fantastic. Wow. There we go. I think uh, you've uh, brought it home very, very well there, Andy. I want to thank you so much for, uh, for spending this time with us. Thank you so much for the wisdom and, and the insight you've given us. And uh, yeah, I, I really, I just know that those that are listening to this podcast is going to be one of those ones that you, uh, you, you, you listen to again and again, because there's so much meat within the last 20, 25 minutes. So thank you again, Andy. Love what you've got to share. Love your heart. And uh, I look forward to getting you in for future episodes. If you'll come back. Thanks so much, Dad. I would love to come back and continue this conversation about a subject that, you know, I've, I've really spent my life trying to understand and so any opportunity to talk about leadership is one that I'll take. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again for future episodes of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.